Hello, welcome to the Hidden Gems podcast, which is dedicated to featuring the best short stories that you've never heard. I'm your host, Kathy McCarthy, aka C. Mac Lewis, and I'm also the author of the Fallen Angels Detective series. Today, I'm very excited to present a new author to the podcast. Nathan Douglas Hansen is the author of today's short story entitled Mise en Place, which is a French culinary phrase that translates to putting in place or to gather. It's the practice of having all of your ingredients and equipment arranged and organized before you start cooking, or in the case of this story, baking. If you have any chocolate-covered strawberries in the fridge, now is the time to get them. I hope you enjoy Mise en Place. Miss Unplas, written by Nate Hansen. Everything is in its place. A food processor is slid from its home, recessed under the kitchen cabinets, plugged in and staged for performance. Utensils are lying on a towel spread wide beside the sink, close enough for quick rinses or thorough cleaning. Pots are centered on each of the stove's four burners, ready to be filled with ingredients. Pans covered in parchment await concoctions Natalie will measure and stir and finesse. Within hours, the oven will preheat, and the increasing temperature, as depicted by the electronic dashboard above the stove, will act as a countdown to an official holiday whose background is as lesser-known or advertised as these first steps of preparation. The effort to say, I love you, at the exact time each year is matched only by the precision needed to create desserts that couples believe say it for them. It's 7.37 p.m. on February 12th, and during the next 36 hours, Natalie will enter a manic cycle of prepping, cooking, baking, cooling, cleaning. She will wipe and wring her hands over towels she'll repeatedly tuck and remove from her hip beneath a thin white string of an apron wrapped around her back and tied to the front. She's worn this apron day in and day out for three years, and if anything has made her despise this temporary career in the culinary arts more, it's the act of people thinking there's a strict recipe to expressing gratitude and appreciation for one another— by doing so during a single day in mid-February. Everything is in its place. Natalie's children are young, but wise enough to understand what their mother needs to do to survive. Though their young histories include drama most adults hope to shelter their children from, they recognize much of their life is like a fairy tale. Their mother helps them with their baths each night and reads them stories. They wake to pop music and the smell of chocolate. It's 8.36 p.m., and Natalie posts a picture of her kitchen staging area. People like and love her page, but even she knows it's a half-truth. She lies down with a book, non-fiction, empowering, fact-based, real. She wants more real in her life. She needs more real in her life. Fiction is fantasy, and she's manifesting truth. Within minutes, Natalie closes her eyes, a book opened against her chest, where less than an hour earlier her daughter dozed. Everything is in its place. Natalie opens her eyes a few minutes before her alarm. It's 3.29 a.m., February 13. She rises slowly and kneels down to pick up her book, She dog-ears the page she remembers and sets it on her nightstand. 
She showers and brushes her teeth, and when she is dressed with her hair pulled back, she slips into the kitchen and pours the first of many cups of coffee. She is behind the scenes beautiful, fulfilled with meeting the needs not of a negligent husband, but people who appreciate taste, figuratively and literally. Everything is in its place. She is middle-aged in a way that makes insecure women cringe at the description, middle-aged. She isn't afraid of a hyphenated term she feels defines the halfway point of an average life expectancy, the way other women feel it suggests a lack of desirability or attractiveness. She is single and confident. Whereas other women seek validation through lifelong partners, Natalie goes inward to develop a relationship with self. Two years ago, she was a divorcee, until she began looking at this word as she did middle-aged. Two years earlier, upon scrolling through social media and seeing relationship statuses that seemed to qualify freedom and happiness, or devotion, or failure, she changed her own profile from divorced to single. She changed her profile picture to a photo that showed a little shoulder, and she shared a smile most friends had not seen in a long while. Shortly thereafter, she changed her thinking and followed suit with a new life. Natalie is well-read and educated, a quiet philosopher of sorts, due to years of being silenced or unseen by a man who knows nothing more than how to please immediate whims, none of which have ever had anything to do with love for anyone other than himself. That was a harsh past that consequently became a blessing. Natalie retreating to the kitchen to serve, only to discover a passion for cooking and baking for others, immersing herself in gratitude and figurative and literal sweetness. Though she shares a home with a roommate, that relationship is not for intimacy, rather to offset a lack of income. Apartments don't have the type of kitchens she needs, and her children need a decent-sized room to share. Everything is in its place. It's 4.17 a.m. Nine pounds of organic strawberries have been washed and dried thoroughly. They have been set aside, and two bowls of chocolate, semi-sweet and white, cool after melted over a saucepan of heated water. The melting is slow and methodical, as are the steps of dipping each strawberry into the semi-sweet chocolate and setting it on parchment before lightly drizzling each one with thin strands of white that seem to weave its way to the stem. Everything is in its place. It's 6.46 a.m. The cell phone vibrates with a call from Pamela. It's as if she can smell the fruit cooling in chocolate, maybe sense the beauty of this simple sweetness. Natalie's hands are gloved, so she answers the phone with an exposed elbow. She taps speakerphone and calls down into the phone. Hi, Pamela. Oh, hey. Oh, goodness, I didn't think you'd answer so early. I was just up, couldn't sleep. I just wanted to make sure John ordered the chocolate-covered strawberries. I've put out a hundred hints, but sometimes he's so forgetful. You know how men are. Natalie does know how men are. And women. Natalie knows human nature, 
much of which seems so unnatural to her. No, it's fine. It's all good, she says. John is on it. You'll be eating these strawberries with champagne before you know it. Oh, Lord, that reminds me, Pamela says. I hope he doesn't get champagne. Champagne makes me gassy. I'll have to think of something else. Thank you. You're the best. Everything is in its place. It's 7.04 a.m. Natalie wakes the children and guides them to get ready for school. They wash and dress, and they eat their breakfast over a living-room coffee table flanked by a half-dozen coolers filled with the refrigerator's contents. Room must be made for this holiday, which means sacrificing a dining-room for prepped materials and a refrigerator for cooling. The children eat a full breakfast, made alongside desserts and delectables. Natalie packs lunches and includes sweets for both kids and their classmates. She hurries them into a car and delivers them promptly as sauces simmer. Everything is in its place. It's 8.09 a.m. Ten dozen molds, each with a dozen tiny hearts, line the countertop. They are soldiers preparing for duty, service to uphold an annual obligation. Their mission is to ensure the emotional security of an allied force to be reckoned with, a sacrifice of originality, cliché as a nation's guise to act as peacekeeper. Stainless steel mixing bowls hold sea salt caramel warmed to 250 degrees and hand-mixed by her own hands. Natalie will rework these molds over and over, making forty dozen hearts. She is the local Harry and David, the Nestle's you'll know and Hershey's you'll hear about. This next day, her bank account full, her heart empty. She'll hear wishes and wants for things she'll conjure under duress of command and under the illusion of compassion. Butter is added, and the temperature cools thirty degrees. Temperatures are considered sensitive. Timing is essential. This is Valentine's Day. Everything is in its place. It's 9.13 a.m. The cell phone rings a tone for an incoming text. Mixing bowl and spatula in hand, Natalie bends down and uses the tip of her nose to tap the number. Can I double my order of white chocolate lavender truffles? Better be safe than sorry. Let me know. Thanks. Mike. Natalie sets the caramel aside and ungloves a hand. She types, double, check, send. Everything is in its place. Caramel is slowly poured into each mold and will firm over the next few hours. The caramels will pop out smoothly and look perfect and taste perfect and be perfect for this perfect day, tomorrow, perfectly planned and passionate until next time, next year, perfectly in sync with the calendar and as hearts beat. Perfect. Everything is in its place. It's 10.07 a.m., there's a knock at the door, as is as it has been expected year after year. It's the day before the heartfelt holiday, and Cupid has struck, not Natalie's senses, but the front door. She answers the door, wiping her hands on her third towel this morning, damp with splotches of dried dough, smears of chocolate, and a raspberry filling. It's John on his way to work. He offers Natalie a cup of coffee he bought from her favorite shop, a token of gratitude, 
and an apology to say he'd forgotten to order chocolate-covered strawberries for Pamela. I completely spaced it, John said. Is there any way to... I have it under control, John, Natalie tells him. I'll have them for you tomorrow morning. John asks if she knows a good champagne to go with the strawberries, and she suggests a nice wine instead. I don't know. She loves champagne. I know my wife, John says. Thank God Valentine's Day falls on a Thursday this year. Last year it was damn close to the Super Bowl. Who plans these things? Everything is in its place. It's 1.37 p.m., Four eight-inch round cake pans rest quietly in the oven at 375 degrees, and in 23 minutes, Natalie will check to gauge the rise or fall of personalized flourless chocolate cakes. Rise or fall. Rise and fall. There are expectations here if things are to be done correctly. Rise and fall. Inhalation and exhalation. The heart contracts and the heart relaxes. Everything is a rhythm, timing, survival, and so goes the cyclical sun and moon and recurring dates of the year, and one that signifies love. What comes around goes around. Expectations, results, live to love another day. Everything is in its place. In the kitchen, when a leavening agent is heated, whether it's baking soda or baking powder, it releases carbon dioxide into the dough or batter around it. As the temperature rises higher, vapor forms from the water in the butter and eggs. This gas, carbon dioxide, enlarges the existing air bubbles in the batter. Science. Baking. Everything is in its place. In the heart, there is a sinoatrial node, which is a small bundle of cells located in the right atrium. Impulses start here and spread through the walls of the atria and cause them to contract. It forces blood into the ventricles and sets a rhythm, a heartbeat. The atrioventricular node is a cluster of cells in the center of the heart between the atria and the ventricles. They act like a gate that slows down electrical signals before they enter the ventricles. This delay gives the atria time to contract before the ventricles do, and so goes the lub-dub, lub-dub of a heart's sound. It's the symbol of love, the organ we use as the characteristic of connection. It's the sound we associate with life, and yet so many don't listen. We associate different sounds, different symbols. This day is just a day, so why not use any other day? Everything is in its place. It's 2.53 p.m., and it's time to pick up the kids. There is another call, and there will be more throughout the day and evening. There are truffles and chocolates and cupcakes, and there are plans and corrections and monitoring and requests for Natalie's recipes, as if they are the autonomic law for the respiration and circulation of our lives. Everything is in its place. It's now and forever. There is an ebb and flow in our waters, and a cycle of the sun and moon over our earth. There are systems within us that dictate our life and there are systems among us 
that do so the same. There is breath, and there are beets, and there are even champagne and ginger sea salt I love you bars. There are days, and there is this day, twenty-four hours of three hundred sixty-five days, that dictates more than a memory without. I hope you enjoyed Mise en Place, which was written by Nathan Douglas Hansen. What I really enjoyed about this story is how it quietly snuck up on me. I think Nathan did a lovely job of creating a character who really came alive for me, and I feel like I would recognize Natalie if I ran into her at the local farmer's market. Some info about our writer. Nathan Douglas Hansen began his writing career in the Southwest, working as a feature writer and columnist for regional newspapers and magazines before attending Antioch University in Los Angeles, where he received his MFA. In his own words, Nathan says, The inspiration behind all of my art is a combination of the insatiable desire to express myself, coupled with embracing the few things in my life that have been giving me purpose as of late, namely time in nature, the pursuit of fuller conscious moments, the healing of personal traumas, and the retelling of visceral personal experiences through the abstract, which I hope can one day translate into broader stories for my family and friends. As always, a big thank you to John Bell, who is our amazing narrator. You can listen to John's award-winning and family-friendly podcast, Bells in the Bat Free, which you can find online at www.thebatfree.com. If you like our podcast, we would love it if you would take the time to give us a rating and follow for future stories. You can find my fiction, The Fallen Angels Detective Series, under the name of C. Mac Lewis on Amazon and on Audible. Thank you so much for listening to the Hidden Gems podcast. If you have a short story you would like to share, let us know. We are always looking for our next new story. Until next time, keep writing, keep listening, and keep dreaming.